When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the family with Catherine Brandt and Andy Brandt Bernard. And we'll be right back. Kick things off. LA's not in this week, but we will be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tommy, I need a favor. What's that? Can you say Nissan Titan in that big Tom movie theater voice? Do you want Echo or not? No, Echo's fine. No, Echo, okay. Nissan Titan. Try it with Echo. Okay, wait a minute. This is my Echo. My Echo. I just paid a lot of money for this Echo. Nissan Titan. Man, that's brilliant. We have got a killer deal at our two Nissan stores, Coon Rapids and Burnsville. For this month, for the month of October, you can buy a brand-new Nissan Titan, which is just a badass truck, 0% financing for 84 months. Here's the only catch. We only have 12 of them in stock between the two stores. So, But 0% for 84 months on a Titan, that's unheard of. That's as long as your KQ contract. It is. It'd be perfect. Yeah, so when you get your truck paid off, you don't have to listen to Tom anymore. Yeah, and I don't have to get up anymore. That's brilliant. Can you say Nissan Titan one more time? Nissan Titan. That sucks. This is you rocking out, Andy. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. Jeopardy fans retreated to a five-year first on Tuesday as contestant Kevin Walsh waltzed to the final Jeopardy round by himself. What? He was in the final Jeopardy round by himself. How does Why? that... I have no idea. How do idea. you have a game show with one person isn't that just a quiz show then i cannot recall the last time we had only one player in final jeopardy remarked host alex trebek 
for USA Today. Walsh, a 48-year-old story analyst from Burbank, California, had topped his two competitors who were left with a negative score after double jeopardy, oh. making them ineligible for the final round. They had negative. Yeah, you have to have money to bet money. <laughs> That's so. not good. Yeah, it's oh, true. Oh, okay. I get it. It was just the second time that has happened in almost a decade per Yahoo. The last time a lone competitor competed in Final Jeopardy is March of 2015. Uh, per USA Today, Walsh, who bet uh, $4,400 of the $1,440, looked confident after reading of the uh, literary pronouns clue. Thanks to a horror film, this novel returned to the bestseller list in 2017, with some 30 years after reaching number one. It. Very good. How'd you know that? I don't know. He just knows things. He corrected know things. He correctly answered, what is it? With that, the four-day winner added $18,800 to his previous earnings of $62,900. So that's good. He's like 81100 uh, 81, or whatever, somewhere. Or good amount of money. 700 excuse me. Yeah, so it's a good amount of money. But, yeah, final Jeopardy by yourself. Yeah, I would just bet nothing. I'm not losing this money. Yeah, that's true because you end up if you end up losing, you end up losing. That's a very, very good point. So, uh, yeah, Jeopardy, you know, I, I have not seen Jeopardy in a while, and it's really too bad because I love that show. But I just, I, I don't know, I haven't watched it in a while, and it's, Yeah, I guess, and you should because who knows how long Yeah, it's going to be on with Alex Trebek, right? I do wonder, yeah. are they even going to replace him? They, they, I'm assuming for they sure. must. They will. Yeah, that show's pretty big, I think. Yeah. It's going to be tough, though, because he is awfully good at that job. I'm trying to think who would be a good replacement. Uh, not Pat Sajak. He's already got his own show. Just have Pat Sajak do both shows. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. They'll probably get some very young person oh, to do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure think. it's going to be some awful person. Some, awful person? Somebody, some hor- somebody horrible. Yep. I know it's a possibility. You never know what these things these days. It's be it's... someone who constantly makes... References to Twitter and hashtags and oh god! Yeah, I think you're absolutely well, right. I guess if they're going to try to woo a younger audience, which I don't, younger audiences don't watch game shows anyway, do no, they? they don't. Unless they're like, no, they don't. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire or something mm, like that? Still, no one no? I know watches game shows anymore. How about those game shows where people get whacked in the face with things and they go flying off no, stuff like the Ellen Wipeout? Do they like those? Holy moly, you know, those, God, those shows look uh, what was lame. That? Is that music one still on? <clears throat> Mass Singer? Uh, no, the one where they would guess the song. Oh, yeah, with, they, uh, like with be Jamie rem- Foxx. Yeah, like yeah, there was a remix. Yeah. Is that still on? I think so. I I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know if any of that stuff <laughs> is shooting right now because of COVID. Yeah. I have no idea if it's shooting or not, but... Because yeah. reality shows have definitely taken over. Oh God! It's just the yeah. television is the worst it's ever been of all time. I don't know. I guess I don't watch like network TV anymore. Nobody does. I try to watch the local news once in a while just to keep up with what's going on. But everything's on Twitter so fast. You watch Frank and Amelia? Is that I, who yep, you watch? I try to watch Frank and Amelia. See, there you go. Little Chris Eggert, first thing in the morning on Channel Five. Another buddy. We watching him. So yeah, I just. Uh, I don't know. Television is just so incredible. It's, and I hate to say this because it's aimed at the young and all the rest of it, which is never going to work because it ain't. They're not going to watch. No. This whole thing that we can still get people under forty to listen to the radio and watch TV and read newspaper websites, no. it ain't happening. You may as well give it up. You may as well decide that your audience is thirty-six plus and go on with life. 
because it's not going to happen. You can do whatever you want, and it's not going to happen. Well, what I'm wondering is if people that are, I mean, I never watched Jeopardy ever when I was no, when under you were a kid, no. 50. No. When you were, yes, you did. <laughs> no, I really didn't. Didn't you really? I, I mean, like every once in a while, yeah. if it was just Every few on. months when it was yeah. on. Yeah. Or if somebody was really kicking ass and you heard about it, then yeah. I might watch it for a little while. But I never watched it when I was younger. Mm. Right. Yeah, we people just don't do that. And, you know, people did used to listen. To, I mean, there are still some people who listen to the radio and watch television and all that, but not many. And like my dad, what what were the what were the shows, Andy, that he wanted to be recorded when we finally figured out how to do TV yeah, for him? Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Uh, deal or No Deal, I think. Price is Right. Price is Right. Price is Right. right. He loves Price yeah. is Right. What's, what's the one with the curtain? Behind the curtain, and then you guess. That's Price is Right. That's Price is Right? Yeah, that's Price is Right. Yeah, it's Price is Right. And wasn't there another one? It opens the curtain Catholic Mass. Catholic (laughs) Mass. He's got to have Catholic Catholic Mass mass And everything else he wanted recorded was just, uh, was game shows. Don't tell the politicians it was Catholic Mass. Let's make a deal. Evil. Oh, let's let's make make a deal. deal. Sure. Let's make a deal. Yeah. Are Catholics still evil now in the political world? Only, only uh, ACB. I still want to know... How far? How much farther they can push me personally? With the white people are all racist. <laughs> the Catholics suck. That this said, you're talking about my mother there, a very well, poor white woman Catholic. Like I said, people will do anything to make themselves look better I and guess. try to humiliate mm. the other person. That's just mm-hmm. what we are in right now. That's sad. It is very sad, and I'm I, I, I for one, am very upset that. Those are the politicians that people are standing behind. It's, it's, I couldn't agree more. I mean, more. what is wrong with you that that's the person you want representing your party? I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's just absolutely vile. But it's that's disgusting. just me. I got to read something for you here, and then I got to read you the comments because it's exactly what you're talking about. Mitt Romney, world watching U.S. politics with horror, and I agree with him. I think he's absolutely right about that. Yes, we all are, I think. Senator Mitt Romney has seen the state of politics uh, today, and he is disgusted. In a tweet Tuesday, the Republican said that he had been staying silent with the election approaching, but he is troubled by how politics has moved away from the spirited debate to a vile but tuperative, hate-filled morass that has become unbecoming of any free nation. Couldn't agree with him more. He's 100% right about that. Uh, the world is watching with abject horror, and many Americans are frightened for our country, he wrote. Romney signaled uh, Trump out, because, you know, he and Trump have never gotten along, so I knew he'd do that. That's, yeah. that's his business. president calls the Democratic vice presidential candidate a monster. He repeatedly labeled the Speaker of the House crazy. He calls for the Justice Department to put the prior president in jail. He attacks the governor of Michigan on the very day a plot is discovered. But Democrats launched blistering attacks of their own, Romney said. Nancy Pelosi tears up the president's State of the Union speech on national she television, which was disgusting. She is really disgusting. Well, all of this stuff is disgusting. Yeah, I just, it just, like I said, as a female wishing that there were more women in power in politics, and then mm-hmm. this is how you act? I know. Yeah. You can't have any sort of decorum or any, you have to be a jackass. I agree. Get off my side. Uh, there you go. So basically, uh, Mitt Romney is criticizing people for being for it being a horror show. They're vile, vituperative, hate-filled morass. These people are disgusting. All they would do is talk hate, hate, hate. Yep. So let's go to the comment section on that story on Newser. I hate you for mm-hmm. hating hate. <laughs> you got it. 
<laughs> Our enemies could not be happier about the destructive age of Trumptopia. Enemies. Democrats and Republicans in Congress have become so vile and nasty it's unsalvageable, which I agree with that. As Putin and the IRA gave give a toast, who knew that the Republican Party had a racist underbelly that could be easily influenced and overtaken by meme wars? The IRA? That's yeah, the, the IRA, yeah. Oh. The, the Irish Republican yeah, Army. Yeah, I was going to say, mm-hmm. the other troubles back? Yes, uh, not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, while Der Groper takes the cake for a complete loss of decorum, I'm not sure that the uh, blistering hate-filled rhetoric is all that new. Uh, well, it's true. The founding fathers opened fire on one another. But yeah, we're talking about when, when you're calling people crazy and you're calling them, you know, whatever, it just goes on and on. Once the Republicans get control of all the government, they will be able to just kill off the 47% that Mitt thought lived off the government. Oh, come on. There's not on. one nice positive comment here. No, never is. So apparently you missed the point of the story being vile, vituperative, and hate-filled because that's exactly what your posts are. Well, isn't that, that's that uh, lizard brain thing. You hear mm-hmm. the word hate and you instantly think somebody hates you. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah. I know. I, I just don't know. How can, are you that stupid that you could read a story like that lizard and then make. Lizard brain. It is lizard <laughs> brain, isn't it? To post po- comments like that after reading that article, how, what did you miss? You dumbass. I don't know. I always thought that Mitt Romney was kind of like a decent guy. Well, I think he is. I mean, he's a rich kid. His dad was, uh, George Romney was governor of, might have been Michigan. Was he governor? George Romney uh, was governor of Michigan, I think. Oh, is he a lifer? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, he's a lifetime Uh, politician mm -hmm. who's very, very wealthy. Uh, Came from a lot of money. Yeah, I don't don't like that. That That whole deal. Mm -hmm. He was chairman and president of the American Motor Corporation for eight years. George Romney was? Yeah. But he was also a politician. He was the 43rd governor of Michigan. It was Michigan, And the third United States Secretary of Housing. Yep. Okay. So Mitt's dad made a little bit of dough rain. So they they just buy themselves into a position. That's exactly what happens. That's exactly right. Okay. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Thanks, Tom. Always a pleasure to be with you. One thing we keep talking about is that North American Banking Company is a community bank. Why is that important? Well, two things. First is a locally owned and operated bank. We move quickly for our customers when it matters most. You're not waiting for a loan decision to come out of state or making the decision right here at your home. Secondly, our customers appreciate the fact that we get to know them and understand their goals. For many of our customers, we're coaches, mentors, and sometimes sounding boards for their ideas. It's hard to get that from a big bank, but it's something we do just because it's Tuesday. Well, that sounds like a great way to do business. All of our employees are working to help meet your business needs. It's how we create loyalty. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. And he's rocking out over there, ladies and gentlemen. As he does. Uh, the book is called A Walk Around the Block, Stoplight Secrets, Mischievous Squirrels, Manhole Mysteries, and Other Stuff You See Every Day and Know Nothing About. Spike Carlson, our special guest. Spike, you're going to be one of those guests that I just sit back and listen to because this is rather fascinating. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's good stuff, and it was a lot of fun to, to write the book. You know, I, I kind of realized that I'd read books about climbing Mount Everest and going down the Amazon and traveling to the moon but I really didn't know anything about the, the world outside our, our front door. 
and it's a you know world full of wonder and intrigue. Uh, and so I wrote a book about it. Spike, are you a St. Paul boy? I'm a Stillwater boy. Stillwater, okay. Yeah. What are you in, yeah. pri- are you in Even prison? Even <laughs> so <laughs> I love this town, and there's actually, you know, it talks about a walk around the block, and, you know, some of it is a walk around the block in Stillwater, but I walked around blocks in Paris and New York and, and uh, Alabama and California and to kind of give a, a well-rounded uh, story uh, with that. I love it. A simple walk around the block, said journalist Spike Carlson, best-selling author of A Splintered History of Wood, off to investigate everything he could about everything we take for granted in our normal life, from manhole covers and recycling bins to bike lanes and stoplights. So, so what do you mean we take them for granted? They've always been there, so we don't even pay attention to them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things we don't even see, you know. We don't see uh, the workings of our sewers and, uh, you know, how our water gets to our house and, and electricity. And, you know, s- sewers, I, I was able to, to walk through uh, the sewers of Paris, and I was went through the sewage treatment plant in uh, the old pig's eye plant, I think. They oh, used to sure, call it. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and... Um, Again, fascinating stuff. I mean, our, our, we would be less healthy and our cities would be much smaller. Uh, and we'd be less happy if we didn't have, have good sewers, you know. So, oh, yeah. You know, well, one funny thing I ran into is uh, in 1926, they did a survey of the fish in the Mississippi River. And uh, they found three fish between, uh, you know, St. Paul and, and downstream, and it was just because people used to dump raw sewage in there. Oh. And uh, so we've come a long way since then. Thank God. Can you imagine back in the day walking down the streets, let's say, in uh, some old French street, and you walk down the street and somebody decides to empty their uh, their waste bin out the window right onto <laughs> your head? That must have been a thrill. Yeah, yeah. No, there's stories about that. So yeah. There's even some kind of custom about which side of the <laughs> sidewalk a, a, a gentleman should walk to prevent uh, uh, their lady friend from getting hit by sewage. Mm, I like it. <laughs> I absolutely like the idea. So, no, stoplight secrets. There are secrets about stoplights? Well, you know, let me throw one back at you. Okay. Um, how long does a stoplight stay yellow? I want to say yellow. I would say three seconds. Okay. You're, you're, you might be right. Um, there's actually a formula for it. And so you take the speed limit, you divide it by 10, and that gives you the number of seconds. And so if you're well, in a 55-mile-an-hour yeah. uh, zone, it'll stay yellow for five and a half seconds. That makes sense. Mm, yep. Yeah. And so, you know, it just gives you that extra time. And also the lights will stay red uh, in both directions for one to two seconds. And so that's another just, you know, we drive th- through stoplights, through them, past mm-hmm. them <laughs> right. every day. And it, it kind of gives you a, a little taste of, of the science behind it. Uh, you know, another interesting thing I found was that the push buttons uh, for pedestrian walking, like in New York, only about 10% of them actually do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes you feel better to press it over yeah. and over yeah. and over again. It's like the uh, door close button in elevators often yeah. isn't wired up. I know. Alex always yells at me because I press them constantly. I'm like, it just makes me feel better. Sometimes they are wired, but <laughs> most of the time they don't do anything. You're just doing thumb calisthenics. That's all you're doing. Well, I'm just doing something. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. By the way, I should mention book pre-order out October 20th. So just, uh, what are we talking, six days away. Just go on Amazon, as a matter of fact, um, which 
You know, I got to hand it to Amazon. They they made selling books. Right, Spike, let me ask you this, and I don't know if, if you would know this or not, but I've never asked anybody this. Have book sales gone way up since Amazon just sends them to your house now? Well, I know one thing is book sales have gone up since the, the pandemic. Started. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the thing that's growing the fastest is, is audio books. And, and podcasts oh, sure. like yours, of course. You know, people love to listen to books, and, or, yep. uh, you know, them being read. And uh, so Amazon has had a huge impact on the on the industry. I still love supporting independent, you know, bookstores. They sell about 30 to 40% of all the books in the U.S., so they, they, they can't be avoided. Uh, right. They're there and they're a giant. No question. As a matter of fact, people have been talking to me about, about starting a children's book podcast which I where I would read children's books because... I think I have a very, for, for, for children, my voice is relaxing. Maybe not for adults, <laughs> but for children, I guess. I, I don't know, something I thought of doing, because I'd like to do that anyway, I think, eventually. You know, Dolly Parton does it, so go for it. Yeah. She does? Yeah, mm. she regularly reads uh, children's books. I think she has a podcast or, oh, I didn't know or something. Can you imagine that? Once upon a time, there were three bears. <laughs> I can hear it now. So I want to hear about mischievous squirrels because I will tell you something. We just moved about seven months ago into a new house, and there are a bunch of there's a very thick bunch of trees, woods, I guess, behind our house. The squirrels in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have that many squirrels in Golden Valley when we lived there. We moved down to by uh, you know south, kind of by 62 down there. Yeah. The squirrels. There was a squirrel. Catherine, ask. Spike, about the squirrel that sat right next to you eating a nut. What the hell was that? All right, so I'm gardening away, and the dog is right next to me, and he's running around because it's windy. And I look down, and there is a squirrel right at my feet. And he's chomping on a mushroom. Like, there's nothing going on. Like, there's not a human within a centimeter of him or her. So I jump and sort of scream because I'm like, rabbit squirrel! I don't know. And it, it didn't even move. It didn't do anything. <laughs> so then I sort of look at it, and it sort of had a rough-looking right eye and a rough-looking right ear. Okay. So I'm thinking, well, maybe it fell out of a tree. Maybe it was Concussion attacked. Squirrel. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it didn't even know that I was there, maybe? <laughs> they're, they're fascinating animals. Yes, they and, are. You know, people often complain, you know, they're... They're chewing on my bird feeder. They're chewing on my porch furniture. And one thing I found about squirrels is that their front teeth grow six inches a year. Oh, oh Lord. man, okay, they got to chew you know, They're constantly chewing on walnuts yep. and things right. like that. Uh... If they didn't renew themselves, they, they die. And so if they don't chew on something, their teeth can get too long to the point where it locks their mouth mm-hmm. open, oh. and, and they'll die. And oh. so that's you know, one of the mysteries behind squirrels unlocked right there. Yeah. That's the defining feature of a rodent, is front teeth that never stop growing. Really? Yeah. So rabbits and things, too? Yep. Yeah. Any yeah. rodent, yeah, they have to chew or else, yeah, their front teeth, they'll just never, ever stop growing. Yeah. It's yeah. very yeah. weird. Some people call squirrels, they're nothing more than, than rats with good PR PR agents. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Nicer tails. There's a lot more than that. For instance, you know, I, I'm in Stillwater, and I can look out my window, and they're running all over the place, you know, yes. burying nuts. and. So I looked into that, and a squirrel can remember where they bury a nut for about 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, but they have a keen sense of smell, and they often will leave a, a little natural fertilizer behind, mm. oh. behind with them. 
So people always think of, of squirrels having a, a great memory, but uh, actually it kind of boils down to their, their sense of smell. And they don't find, you know, about three-quarters of them never get found. <laughs> I believe that because they're constantly burying things in my potted plants. Yep, and they just leave them there. I'm like, oh, what's this little acorn tree growing yeah. Oh, yeah, in squirrels here? Plant, yeah, squirrels <laughs> plant some huge number of trees every year because they forget where they bury well, everything. They, exactly. Yeah, we've all seen those videos of the cars that are... You know, an yep. abandoned car and somebody's field acorns, filled yeah. with a- acorns. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Spike, I got to ask you a question. We only have about one minute left, sir. I want to ask them to get this in. I got to believe in times of COVID, a book like yours where you could read, you can learn, but it's enjoyable. It's entertaining and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a great book for this this time, particularly right now, I would think. Yeah, I mean, so many people are walking now, and this yep. gives... Uh, uh, you some great trivia and points of conversation. We look at everything from, you know, fire hydrants to telephone poles to lawns and front porches and electricity. And you know, so if you're going on Jeopardy, you know, you got to read this book. But uh, you know, it's really a good book for people who are curious about the world around them and and uh, and science and try to deliver it in a way that's informative, but entertaining and engaging so uh, i hope the book does that it does indeed by the way carlson is spelled with an s-e-n spike carlson a walk around the block stoplight secrets mischievous mischievous squirrels manhole mysteries and other stuff you see every day and know nothing about pre-order out october 20th on amazon uh, you got to come back after after the book is out, Spike. We got to talk more about the book. We, we, there are other areas like manhole mysteries and other stuff you see we didn't even get to. So next yeah, time, yeah, we didn't even we didn't even get to the roadkill uh, contest that I judged or the uh, the graffiti <laughs> artist I worked alongside. Well, wait a minute. Do you want to talk about that? We got another segment. If you how much time do you have? Uh, you're my last segment today. Okay, cool. Do, do you want to come back after the break and talk? I'd love to hear about those things. Sure. All right, we'll be right back. More with Spike Carlson right after this. Thanks. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, Spike Carlson, S-E-N, as a matter of fact. His book, A Walk Around the Block, Stoplight Secrets, Mischievous Squirrels, Manhole Mysteries, and Other Stuff You See Every Day and Know Nothing About, pre-order on October 20th, 2020 on Amazon. Now, Spike mentioned a couple of things. So you, what kind of contest did you judge? Well, I wanted the, the, the book to have a, uh, an, an international national feel, so I was heading down to the uh, down south, 
and I saw uh, that there was a West Virginia roadkill cook-off, and I was talking with the organizers, and I just offhandedly said, you know, if one of your judges doesn't show up or, or, or gets sick, give me a call. And a couple days later, I got a call. And so I went down there, and I was one of the, the judges. Um, in the past, there had been uh, turtle and squirrel and iguana and alligator. Um, of the eight chefs we sampled, we wound up with um, rabbit and bear and uh and wild boar and uh, and venison, of course. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it was just it was just fun. You get out to a little different part of the country, and these were some serious cooks, and there wasn't a bad meal in the bunch. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was a great experience. And the next day after that, I went and visited the Roadkill Queen, uh, who, who's okay. in Ardmore, Alabama, Heather Montgomery, and she uh, she's just a fascinating woman. She you know we think a roadkill is just you know, roadkill, but, um, you know, about one and a quarter million deer and elk and moose get hit every year and a couple hundred people die in collisions. And there's things you can do to prevent that. Um, And when it's not prevented, for instance, in Alaska, about 600 moose a year with 200 pounds of free-range meat get hit. And by law, you have to report that and volunteers go out and dress the meat and give it to those in need. So that's good. Yeah, Yeah, that is good. Yeah. So that's a really, really nice thing. As a matter of fact, I didn't, I didn't know all that stuff was going on. (laughs) Yeah. You know, people don't do that with squirrels so much in Minnesota. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a lot there. But some people do eat squirrels. I That's know I've true. heard it before. People never, do eat squirrel meat, I've, apparently. I've had alligator. I've had, we went, uh, it was in Florida somewhere. Oh, no, it was in um, Arizona. We went to that one weird restaurant, and I had, like, the... Oh, yeah, rattlesnake. Yeah, and... all sorts of weird stuff. And they were all pretty good, honestly. You know. Yeah, they all yeah I mean, d- done right, it's, it, it's, it's amazing. You I, know? I guess you should have asked if it was roadkill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So where did you say Ardmore, Alabama? Yeah. And where is yeah. that? Well, it's you know it's I call it the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, I, I, I had that was just one of the interesting uh, experiences. That another one I had was I was in Paris and I set up a, a meeting time with a graffiti artist to to interview him, and you know I had my little recorder and my pen and pencil, and and we connect, and he goes come on, let's go, let's paint. And so he's got his backpack, and we go back in an alley, and, and, and we paint while we talk. And it's really, it's kind of a writer's dream. You, you get to do kind of hands-on, and you get to, to, to talk with the people that are actually, uh, actually doing things. And, uh, you know, the, the book says it's stuff you see every day and know nothing about, but so much stuff has, you know, history and people behind it and their stories. And that's kind of the approach I took with, with this book was to get those stories. I think that's wonderful. See, like I said, this is so fascinating because nobody, I don't think anybody's, has anybody ever done this before, tried to uh, approach what you did in a book? Well, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I tried to get the information across yet, you know, make it entertaining and engaging and inspiring. And so, uh you know, so far people just say they, they love the, you know, kind of the mix of, of good information and, and trivia and, uh, and all that. So um, the book is being really well received, 
and so goody, goody, goody. <laughs> no, not so harsh there, Spike. Goody, goody, goody. Um, I do need to understand what would make a manhole mystery. So what's well, that all about? The que- you know, why are they round? That's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, why are you. they round? Oh, my God. I read this one time, and yeah. now I've completely Actually, forgotten. Actually, I do know the answer. Do you? Oh, you do? Why are they round, Andy? So they won't fall through. That is correct. That, that, that's one of the reasons they can't fall through their mm-hmm. old opening. But, you know, they can also be be rolled out of the way. That, too. They're, they're very, very, very heavy. heavy. They yeah. are very yeah. heavy. And they can be positioned any way when you put them back on. And mm-hmm. they're the strongest shape in uh, in compression and it's actually an interview question that Microsoft used to ask prospective yeah, that's why I know it employees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know it's just testing people's ability to think on their feet and their creativity and and uh, but like I say it's what goes on below that's that, that's really the fascinating part of it can you write another book called Mis- mischievous squirrels and sons who know more about stuff than you do <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a book called a splintered history of wood Belt sander races, blind woodworkers, and baseball bats. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That works for me. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, how, what inspired you? Because this is a great idea. Your books are great ideas. How, how did you get inspired to do this? Well, you know, it really started with, I got up one morning, went to brush my teeth, and there was no water. And, um, and so I uh, called the water department. They said, oh, people in your part of town, they, 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 there's frozen water lines. And... Two days later, after it got fixed, they said, okay, now you have to let a trickle of water run in your faucet till spring. Oh, and God. That wow. was six, six weeks away. <laughs> <laughs> and so for six weeks, I got to listen and look at a dripping faucet, mm. and I thought, where does oh. that water come from? Where does, where does that water go? How did my phone call get down to the water department? You know, how... The guy who fixed it, what, what's the deal with the asphalt and concrete, you know, he, he drove over? So that was kind of the genesis of the whole book, and uh, it was really, really a gas to write it. And what was my water bill going to be? <laughs> yeah, <for real. laughs> oh, the water bill, yeah, thinking about that, honest to God. It's, so I, I still want to, sorry for going back a couple of steps here, but what do you mean so the manhole cover wouldn't fall through the hole? What? Well, it has a, uh, if you take a square, you can pick that up and drop it through the hole. If you oh, turn it. I see what you're mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. yeah, and you can do that with almost every other shape except for a triangle and a circle. Mm-hmm. A triangle and a circle because the opening under the lid is smaller than the circle that is the manhole cover. Exactly, yeah. You've got to take the lip into account. Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the reason behind it. And, you know, in an economic downturn, they're a very popular thing to steal and turn into scrap metal. <laughs> that's real nice news. <laughs> yeah, and, and I can't remember what city it was, but one city they lost, uh, it might have been Philadelphia, lost two or 300 manhole covers. Oh, God. And, um, of course, that's dangerous, and there was, was an accident involved with that. But uh, there, there's a lot of stories that start with manhole covers. God, I can't believe that people in Philadelphia would steal manhole covers. How'd that ever happen? (laughs) (laughs) I love that town. It's a great town, but, man, they're they're interesting people. There's no Mm -hmm. doubt about that. (laughs) No question about it. Spike, I think it's great. Stay in touch. Uh, Walk around the block. uh, Stoplight secrets, mischievous squirrels, manhole mysteries. No longer mysteries on the the podcast. That's Mm -hmm. good. 
other <laughs> stuff you see every day and know nothing about. Pre-order out October 20th, 2020. Just go on Amazon. You're you're ready to go. Spike Carlson, thank you so much. Great talking to you, sir. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. It was indeed. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Spike Carlson, ladies and gentlemen. What a nice man from Stillwater, Minnesota. Uh, Andy, how do you know about things like that? I don't Well, I've been paying more attention to, like, just little stuff like that, especially if I, since I ever started living on my own. It's just like, you know, <laughs> what? What? I don't get the connection. Well, like, for example, uh, my toilet broke. Yeah. So instead of just calling a plumber, I figured. Oh. So I looked up. I said, you know, how does a toilet work? You know, right. What are the inner workings of a toilet? Right. And I figured it out, and I fixed the toilet myself. Like, for example, did you know when you flush a toilet, there's no actual pump or anything going on there? The Looks amount the of water in the bowl oh, becomes yeah. heavy enough that it flows up and out. If you took a bucket, dumped it in a f- toilet, it would flush. What's that yeah, little thing flush, there yeah. in there? A bulb? That, I thought there was sort of like a... Well, there's a pump to refill the tank oh, okay. up top. All right, all right. But the bowl itself, you could just dump water in, and because of the way it's shaped... Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, it'll I, flush itself. Yeah, everybody... Well, most people, I think, have... <clears throat> dumped a bucket of dirty water or something down a toilet and it flushes a lot of people think there's like some sort of pump or something below the bowl but no i've seen them installed so i knew there wasn't a pump Uh. we shall take a break back with hour two coming up in hour two rosie mercado neil carlin great guests coming up and the family